Oh my God. Just looking at myself in the viewfinder right now. And it's November 1st. If you're on audio, come over to visual because we are dressed a little bit differently today. We're recording that we're pre-recording this on Thursday, the 28th. And obviously it's the start of Halloween weekend. So we're dressed up in our first costumes of the whole weekend. Let's just start off with what we are. What are you for Halloween? I am Rupert from <laughs> from Survivor. I have a what are these called? A b- uh, buddy? Uh, no. What is it? Buffy. Buff. A buff. buff. A buff. A buff. Yeah. It's a buff. I have like the Survivor buff, and I put it on as like a two top. It's like the legit one from CBS.com. Right. Um, and then I have my. <laughs> Good old handy, Tiki. The tribal um, oh, uh, immunity immunity torch or something. Torch. Yes, honestly, I don't watch the show as much as I probably should for being this. We literally like okay. First, <laughs> tell the the origin of why we came up with this costume. I say we because I was supposed to be this too. Yeah. I literally ordered it, you guys, and I ordered a hat. It's just the like, hat came in the come. mail, but that just like never came, so I couldn't be it. Um, well, I, I've watched Survivor since I was little. Like my family was a big Survivor household. Um, and I recently like started watching a couple episodes and I was like, I want to get Kristen and Leanne into this. So we started watching it. It was fire. It's, it's like really addicting. And we were on their website looking at merch as we do when we fell in love with something. Right. And we were like, oh my God, we should be Survivor contestants for Halloween. Um, our original Halloween plan was to go to Outside Lands in San Francisco, oh, yeah. and it's a very like everyone dresses very uh, like nature hiking boots and comfortable and not festival at all. Right. So we're like, this is gonna be perfect. It's on Halloween weekend, and we're gonna dress up as survivors. And we're gonna be comfortable as fuck and just like super in the wild and like on brand. Like it would our the costume would fit the surroundings. It would it was gonna be perfect. We didn't, right. obviously didn't end up going though. Um, so yeah, I'm a survivor. I rubbed like coffee all over me to look like dirt. It works so Kinda well. It works, right? I feel like it's like not going to come off either. Like, no, this is, I, I mean, put, it, um, like little, oh, it so it's, good. I smell so good. I reek of coffee. Um, I put got to be glued. Like I just dabbed it all over me and then I took like a makeup brush of coffee and just like, Pretty it cool. worked. It worked. I feel like some of those last minute crafts you do to yourself for like last minute they costumes, make it. it makes it work so well. Yep. No, it's perfect. Thanks. What are you? Um, oh, my hiking boots. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Those are cute. I, so yeah, I, I did want to be that. I have a lot of costumes for this next week. And I guess by the time this episode is out, you guys will have seen all of our costumes throughout the weekend. Um, I have this one, which I'll get to in a sec. Tomorrow, we're going to be... Um, why am I blanking? Oh, spring breakers. The spring yeah. breaker costume that totally like blew up in like 2013, 2013 and everybody was doing it. And we just like, or Alex came up with it. She was like, what if we just like brought it back? Cause it was so big then every that year, everyone was a spring breaker yeah. and I had wanted to be a spring breaker, but my mom didn't let me because you wear a bathing suit top. And back then I had just, I had fat knockers. Fat knockers. She was like, I don't know. It's probably not a good idea. Cause I would have been spilling out right um and i was 17 spring breakers if you haven't seen it it's a really good movie it's with ashley benson vanessa hudgens selena gomez i don't know who the fourth girl is oh i don't know i but don't know it's and like the guy is james franco james franco yeah they like 
they go on a spring break trip and it just it kind of goes south and they they just start partying a little too hard and they get in with the wrong crowd. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's just it's a lot it's of like such like a sex, specific. drugs, guns, yep. like robbing shit. Like they just like kind of go down a bad path and it's like this rebellious group of teenage girls that are just kind of experimenting with this other world really yeah. and there's this iconic scene and they have ski masks these like pink ski masks and then little like sweats that say dtf on the butt and then <laughs> i know in the original scene they wear like a certain onesie with like a purple tiger on it but we yeah. we didn't end up doing that because if you google the costume i feel like a lot of people realize they couldn't find that tiger onesie so, so they, they wore like the neon bathing suit tops right and every friend like picks a different color so we're gonna be that uh us two plus Leanna and Kaya, which you guys met them before. And then Saturday I'm going to be a fairy. And then Sunday I'm going to be Ted Lasso. I have a wig, a mustache, everything. And literally two seconds ago before we started recording, I went on Twitter and today again is October 28th. We're pre-recording this and trending on Twitter right now is Mitt Romney's costume is Ted Lasso. <laughs> so I haven't even been it yet. And I'm seeing that already. Like, it's so funny to see how many people are going to be him. It's I knew they would. Yeah. Usually it's I don't funny like, that Mitt Romney is like out partying right now. Right. I usually don't like to be the thing that I know everybody's going to be that year, but like, I just fell in love with Ted Lasso watching the, the, the past two seasons. So I'm like, I, I had to be it. Did you finish it? Are you caught up? Um, I'm halfway through season two, Okay, but I did all of season one. Um, but today I threw this together last minute. I was going to be a cheerleader cause I have all of my old cheer uniforms, but then we knew we were going to come in tonight and record before we go to a party in a few hours. And I didn't, and I also didn't want to like be something that I had been on the podcast before. Yeah. Cause what episode was that one? I wore that. It was our high school. We dressed up as like how we were in high school. Yes. So I wore my chain uniform. I just didn't want to do it again. So I threw this together. These are some horns I have from, I did a commercial with honey, the extension browser, not sponsored should be. Um, I did a commercial with them where I was like a devil and an angel on my own shoulders. It's actually a really cool produced. Commercial. I still have never seen it. I, I, it rolls on ads like for ads. YouTube videos. Maybe it'll be on this one. How cool would that be? Um, so these are the horns I got for that commercial. And then I'm just, when in doubt, be a slut for Halloween. Oh I God, think yeah. I, I think I pulled that this year, which I haven't done in a few years. But tonight, I was just like, last minute. You got to do what you got to do. I had to do it. So I'm wearing assless chaps, which have kind of nothing to do <laughs> with this, with fishnets and uh, converse. And I think I'm going to sit. I'm going to tell people that I'm an Aries. I was going to say a devil, but I feel like, like so I you're am a ram. Aries, but like a but dark Aries. Right. Like a, I don't know. Aries, Aries. Aries. There, that's that's what I am. Um, another thing, I, get, I don't know if this is old news now, considering it's four days from now, but today Facebook announced their name change and Meta, it, Meta, which is very interesting. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? It's we were talking about stupid. it. Stupid. Facebook like, is such a coin name. Uh, like literally everyone in the world knows what Facebook is. Yep. Everybody knows what Facebook is. It's there's something still like as corrupt as they probably are on the back end, there's still something kind of inviting about the name Facebook. For sure. It's round. It's happy. It's light to it's, me. Did they change? Oh, it's their new logo still blue, right? Yeah, but it's almost, it's like a swish it, thing. It's it, almost like a fucking infinity sign. It looks like, um, like a medical company now. I was going to say like that or like a tech company. Right. It's, it doesn't look like a community based, like find friends and create groups and like a community. No, I, 
why did they pick that i don't know we should have probably have opened the article like, yeah <laughs> we literally just saw the headline we're like ew what the fuck <laughs> but like maybe there's a reason behind it it's interesting though that's quite the rebrand like imagine yeah. that process in headquarters to be like all right we're changing it like today's the day i wonder how long this has been planned for right what does it even mean so metadata will i don't know exactly what meta means but metadata is like on a camera the back end of the camera all the information that comes through when you like upload your files to your computer. If you like click on a certain file, it'll tell you like your camera settings, the date it was taken, hmm. the location. It has like points to it. So it's like, like information. The record? Yeah. It's just like info. Should I look up the definition of meta? Yeah. Why not? I'm just trying to like find reason in this again. Maybe we should have opened the fucking article before we talked about it with <laughs> you guys. It's, it's so weird though. Like I feel like, it was not a good move. Short for meta key, referring to itself or to the conventions of its genre, self-referential. Re I have no fucking clue. I don't get it. Um, get it. Uh, denoting position. Did you see anything about Facebook on there? Um, I googled just meta like definition. The, gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. interesting. Why? I wonder what happened to stocks. Interesting. Yeah. Um, another thing I saw today, I wrote this down because it's actually a crazy story. And um, my heart goes out to her. Jeanette McCurdy. Um, she was an iCarly. Oh. She, what was her, what was her name in the show? In iCarly. The blonde one, right? Yeah. The what, best friend. Yeah. But what was her name in the show? I can't remember, but Carly's best friend. Yeah. Um, she did an interview. So she has like a podcast. She, I think she's like writing a book right now. She's doing a lot of amazing things. Like after her acting career, um, she kind of is really rebranding. She has, I think it's a podcast called I'm glad my mom died. Whoa. And a lot of people, that was their reaction about it. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And recently, I think within just like the past few days, um, she did an interview with, I think it was people again, don't quote me, but what it talked about was the reality of the relationship she has had with her mother mm. forever. Her mom wanted to be a child or wanted to be an actress. And she, you kind of, you already know where I'm going yep. with this. She started kind of living through Jeanette and from a very young age, from like 10 years old, started getting like her hair bleached, her teeth whitened, like, um, having teaching her how to count her calories and like oh Jeanette God. has opened up about how she's like really um had eating disorder had having I cannot talk having had an eating disorder because of it um she would do like genital exams <gasps> breast exams like she fully came forward and just was very vulnerable in this interview and just told the truth behind what her mom would do to her um I believe it was 20 18 2017 her mom passed away from cancer um and yeah she was just saying how like she realized she had never really felt free until she was Shit. gone and um it's it's sad to think about it's a very uncomfortable thing to think about but it's just like a, I, I get it and you kind of remove the oh but you're my mom thing and it's just like you were just a terrible person in my life you were an abuser yeah like it, it's blood doesn't matter at that point yep it, it was so sad I mean God, there's, there's a lot so more sad. to it but I just I kind of wanted to like shout her out and everything and I'm really excited for her book um 
I just, that takes so much courage to come out and say that. And she, she admitted why she didn't go to the iCarly reboot. Cause she was like that time just brings so much oh trauma and like triggers me so, so bad, which is so fucking valid, but God, it's, it's awful. It's like, I feel like nowadays we're every week we're hearing something new about a child actor that went through some bullshit. And it's like, it's so sad. It's so. just like, you can see how they're, targets for being taken advantage of yeah and it's usually family members who have access to all this money they're making and like these opportunities it's it's terrifying so i don't know i i just want to protect anybody who's like looking to get into the entertainment business if they're young like it's not all glitz and glamour and i think it's really cool how people have come forward these past few years to shed light on that and be like hey like slow down it's not all it is talked up to be right all you ever hear is people say like oh i wish i was just a normal kid i miss going to the yep. grocery store i miss that like oh famous famous terrifying um yeah i just want to bring that up what else i think that's kind of it um, um oh we are up to date on the oh. playlist finally yeah um thanks to our friend heather who has been keeping yeah um we wrote her name here she's on patreon uh, she's a patron of ours. Yes. And she has been keeping a list, a handy dandy notebook <laughs> list of all of our songs. So we finally got into our accounts and we um, updated those playlists. So now we are on Apple Music and Spotify. Yes. Advice uh, podcast season two songs. I'll never remember the name. Nope. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> um, okay. Let's kind of get into today's episode um before that we already said what we're wearing let's do song of the day okay um mine is it's a childish gambino song and it was one of those ones where i was having a full-on conversation with someone and it was playing in the background and i was like wait hold on i think i like this song whoa because i could like hear it and it literally caught my attention um stay high childish gambino version featuring britney howard britney howard britney howard why does that sound so familiar do we like go to high school with a girl named right. Brittany Howard? That's what. Yeah. I think we it's her. <laughs> She's blown up. With Charles Gambino. Um, yeah. And the. Uh, 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 copywritten. No. Um, the cover art's really cool. Huh. I'll listen to it. Um, my song of the day. We just listened to it pulling up here. I So I love Sabrina Carpenter's mm. song Skinny Dipping. And I just noticed she released an acoustic acoustic version it's beautiful. I'm just obsessed with the song. I don't know why. There's something kind of goofy about the song too. For sure. It's very like. She has like a monologue in the beginning. Yeah. But I like it. I don't know why I like the song so much. So the acoustic it's version. A cute song. It's even better. It's so cute. So we'll throw those on the playlist. Um, yeah. Today we're going to get into some conspiracy theories. So get ready for that. But before we get into that, we're going to take a break for our sponsors. So our first sponsor is Bev and Bev is a female founded and owned company. That's not only changing the consumption of wine, but changing the industry as a whole. It's so cool that they're female owned. I feel like I feel even better drinking it. Right. I feel like connected to them. Like, right. Oh, my bitches. My girl, my girlies. <laughs> and they have a whole bunch of different types. They have a rosé, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir. They have one called Glitz and Glam. It's like so cute. Um, I like the Pinot Gris. It's my favorite. Also, there's zero sugar, three carbs, and only 100 calories, so you don't feel as bad the next day because, pro tip, your hangover is because the sugar. I mean, it is because the alcohol, too, but honestly, the, if you cut, the can cut out the sugar, your hangover is right. a little bit better. And it's cool because they're, they're like, they have like a fizz to them, so mm-hmm. they kind of feel like, and they're in a can. Yep. So you not feel like you're like drinking a bougie glass of wine. Yep. You can have them at a party. Yes. You can like drink them like, like you're drinking. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes when I drink wine, 
I just want to go to bed. It right. puts me in such like a low mood, but there's something like inviting and, and like fun about it. Right. It's very psychological. Yeah. Hmm. Um, they have four packs, which is like really cute for gifting, especially right now coming up on the holidays. But they also have 24 packs and the 24 packs is equal to eight bottles That's of insane. wine. Eight. <laughs> That's so many. That's so much wine. <laughs> And if you guys want to check them out, we've worked out a deal for our listeners. Receive 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. I suggest trying their best-selling ladies' night variety pack so you can check out all their delicious varietals. Go to drinkbev.com slash advice or use code advice at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash advice. Or if you want to shop in store, they're in like worldwide retailers like Target, BevMo, Total Wine, and so much more. Yep. Go get them, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Bev. Bev. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp. You guys have heard us talk about them before. Therapy is everything. And BetterHelp is there to help you. They are online therapy available worldwide. Not only can you schedule weekly video and call sessions, but you can also log in and message your therapist at any time because we all know shit comes up at all hours of the day and they'll get back to you in a timely manner. BetterHelp is also way more affordable than offline therapy and they also accept financial aid, which is so helpful. BetterHelp is also committed to matching you up with licensed professionals and if you feel like you aren't vibing with them, you can change them at any time. So you don't have to worry about, oh no, I'm not going to have therapy for you know right three weeks like they'll they'll match you with someone new right away and you could do it as many times as you need until you're comfortable and it's free visit betterhelp.com slash advice that's better h-e-l-p and join over two million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional again that's a special offer for advice listeners get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash advice thanks, thanks better help and we're back and we're back okay so like we said we're tackling conspiracy theories this week and this felt like a school project yeah it did it stressed me out for the better half of the week and it's going to play out exactly how (laughs) you and i did school projects because alex printed hers i have three pages of notes notes. (laughs) i have mine on my phone and i have one page of notes mine that doesn't mean anything i mean we both graduated right we're both here both have a degree right yeah (laughs) so (laughs) so her conspiracy is definitely a lot honestly you developed it so much more but it's also such it's it's such a big conspiracy yeah mine's a little more i don't want to say fun because it's dark um but it's lighthearted. no um yes and no it's it's more like like yours is real. Yeah. Yours is your yours. I is have almost, evidence. Right. Yours is almost less of a conspiracy and more of like, let's fucking talk about this. Right. Whereas mine is totally a conspiracy. Okay. Um, do you want to go first? I feel like I should. Maybe let's just get mine out of the way. You guys can skip forward to Alex's. Literally mine's like, <laughs> I'm talking shit on myself. It's not that No, crazy. I'm sure it's going to be great. It's, um, what is it? It's weird. So mine is going to be the conspiracy behind what the cartoon, the Nickelodeon cartoon Rugrats is really about. Holy shit. I've never heard this. You've never heard this? No. I've heard like, um, like Disney 
how like, like there's like subliminal and messages sure. and shit like that but i've never heard rugrats yeah so i <gasps> i knew about this one i think i researched it like a few years ago but i didn't go too deep into it because i actually remember when i went into it i got kind of like uh Icky? this is like ruining my childhood oh ooh, it was a weird and rugrats feeling. was my favorite same um i actually i had a neighbor that their parents wouldn't let them watch rugrats they were like no they like fucking knew right <laughs> like there's something wait up. was it the dentist neighbor no 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 oh, it was my, it was my sure knew. <laughs> fun fact i grew up um behind a dentistry <laughs> that sounds like the most pacheco thing ever literally i grew up be- that's so funny um okay so rugrats it was a show that aired from 1991 to 2004 on nickelodeon if you know you know i'm sure a lot of you watched it but if you don't know i'm going to give a little bit background to what the show was about what the characters were like because then it'll kind of give you some context for what the conspiracy is cool so like i said it aired 1991 2004 on nickelodeon it was a super weird show it was animated um the animation was very uh what would you call that style just like like drawn but yeah definitely drawn and like super quirky like it wasn't like round and bubbly like no. everything was very odd flat. shaped very flat very very flat um d- very 2d for sure it mm-hmm. was it was some parts of it were almost like stop motion in yes. a way like um, it was, it wasn't like 3d in any way. No, it was, it was kind of eerie. Like I can even hear the theme song that it was kind of Wait. weird. What do you, re- that just brought me back. Do you remember the Rugrats like remix song? Oh my God. Yeah. That shit's fire. Um, so yeah, it was it was a show about these this group of toddlers, this group of babies and things they go through day to day together, you know, like oh their ball went over the fence and they need to go right. get it, but there's this big bad neighbor that's going to get them and wasn't like a sorry if I'm interjecting and like throwing. You're good. Okay. Um wasn't there like a big premise that they could all talk but they didn't want the parents to know that they could talk yet? So what it was is they all spoke to each other. So when you watch it it's in English. They're all speaking to each other the same way you and I are. But then when the parents walk up, the narrative every few episodes, the parents are just like Oh, look at them. And to them, they hear goo goo gaga. Oh. So the parents don't know what they're saying. Okay. It's just, it's, it's weird. Um, so yeah, I'll give you some background on some of the characters. The characters are Tommy Pickles, Chucky, Angelica, and then there's twins, Phil and Lil. Um, Tommy Pickles also has a little brother, Dill, who I'll get into in a sec. Um, yeah, it's just their day-to-day lives, their little problems they go through. Um, so the main character is Tommy Pickles. He's this little baby wears a diaper, a little blue shirt, a little bald guy. And his parents are very easily distracted. His parents are Stu and Dee Dee. And they're super just like weird looking parents. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to keep emphasizing how weird it is, but just maybe pull up a picture if you haven't watched it before. So you can kind of get a visual of the people I'm describing. So Stu is a very kind of like chill dad and he's always in the basement making toys. And that's kind of a narrative you see a lot. Like Dee Dee goes down there, honey, dinner's ready. And he's like working on a toy and he gives it to Tommy Pickles and whatever. Um, Dee Dee is a very sweet, loving mother. She's a teacher. Like her character is always just like, oh, honey, like very cute. 
Um, they also have a dog named Spike who mm. is actually in the show quite a lot. And his character, it's a dog. Did I say that? Um, he, he rescues Tommy Pickles a lot. I feel like that's kind of where he always comes into play. Um, they also, like I said, they also have another baby named Dill, Dill Pickle. These names are so fucking adorable. He doesn't talk. He's supposed to be like a baby baby. Um, so he doesn't talk, but you kind of notice that Chucky and Tommy always really understand what he's saying. Like he'll, he'll say like, gaga or poopy or something like that. And they're, they like give him a toy and he's happy. Like you, you notice that there's kind of an understanding there, which is adorable. Chucky, my favorite character. He's this little redheaded rat kid. He's so cute. He's all nerdy, cute little glasses. That's, um, the Tommy's hair. best friend. Yes. That's a good, oh my God, that'd be a good Halloween costume. Yeah. That's so good. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Chucky's dad, his name is Chaz. He is a widower. Um, in the show, they kind of hint to it that Chucky's mom is out of the picture and she did pass away. They don't like say how or anything. I mean, mm -hmm. it's still a kid show. Um, his dad is very, you know, kind of nerdy, very mild mannered and just always kind of nervous. He's always just like, hey, yeah, I'm here to pick up Chucky. Like he's, he's always just kind of like on edge. Um, next character, very big character is Angelica, mm. this bratty little girl. She's older than all the other kids. She's probably like five or six, whereas they're all like two, three, four. Um, she's just a bitch. She's a fucking bitch. I was just going to say she's that. She's literally so <laughs> rude. Like she's always like, she's a bully. She's a bully. Done. She's just a bully to them always. Um, and then her mom, I don't know her mom's name, but her mom, when she's in the show is very like. Yeah, yeah, honey. Okay. And she's always on her phone talking to somebody named Jonathan. And in the show, it, Jonathan is kind of um, written to be this, you know, this assistant. She's mm -hmm. a very like busy working mom. And Jonathan, she's always like, Jonathan, did you schedule? Da, da, da. So she's just always like really not worried about Angelica, which now when you think about it as an adult, you're like, that's why it's Angelica sad. was rebelling because she yes. didn't have love at home. It's sad. Um, Angelica is also really obsessed with a doll named Cynthia and this doll. It, oh my God. Oh, I thought that was a centipede on the floor. There's a moth crawling on the floor. Cynthia. What is, is that part of it? No, that's part of, um, 21 jump street when he's on stage doing his like, uh, monologue, the poetry slam. Cynthia. Really? I mean, I've seen it, but I don't recall that part. Um, this doll is hella like ratty though. It's like a oh, ratty. It's scary. It's, it is scary. A ratty like Barbie. It has like three spikes of hair. <laughs> um, it's like balding kind of. It has like a do ratty orange dress. Yeah. Do we have it? I feel like that's something we would have on this wall. I don't think we do though. Um, she, this is her doll. She brings her everywhere. She's like obsessed with this doll. Angelica also has a best friend named Susie. Susie comes in the show. I think later in the show, even Susie's parents are in it. She's just like a sweet girl. It's kind of interesting that they're best friends because Susie is like written to be just this like really nice light of a girl. And she's super nice to Tommy Pickles and all Chucky and all of them. Um, then there's the twins, Phil and Lil, and they're parents are Betty and Howard. Their last name is DeVille. I didn't know that until Whoa. I did the research for this. Um, Phil and Lil, fun fact, in real life, the voice actors for those two characters are actually the same person, which I always thought was really cool. Cute. Um, their mom is described as a boisterous feminist, and their dad is kind of like Chucky's dad, very mild-mannered, soft-spoken, um, just like chill guy. You don't see him as much. 
Um, another big character is Reptar. It's Reptar in the show is a toy they play with a lot. It's just like a franchise dinosaur in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the basis of all the characters. I just wanted to like refresh everybody because I'm assuming a lot of us haven't watched it in a minute, but I right. don't know what you guys watch tonight, so I'll speak for myself. <laughs> So in 2003 to 2008, they did a spinoff called All Grown Up where the kids came back and they're all like teens now, like awkward teens. Um, Dill is nine because he's a little bit younger than them in the original. So he's like a tween, but all of them are teens. They're in school. They're dealing with boys and cell phones and crushes and just shit you deal with when you're a teen. So... Now let's get into the conspiracy. This gets very dark. Um, I read a few like Reddit forums. I, you know, it, it's it's kind of just like a gag of a conspiracy. So I'm not gonna crazy cite my sources, but there's definitely some dark shit in here. So the conspiracy revolves around Angelica again, that really naughty toddler that I was talking about. And the conspiracy is that all these rugrats, all these kids are just a figment of her demonic <sighs> imagination. So it goes back to 1986 um, when Chucky, the kid Chucky actually died along with his mother. And that's why Chaz, his dad, is always super wigged out. Um, he's always just like, hey, I'm here to pick up Chucky. Like he's, you know, he's, he's freaking out. He's a PTSD kind of, you know what I mean? Whoa. So all this, all the conspiracy I'm about to say, think of it, think back into the show and think about how we're watching the show through Angelica's eyes. Okay. That's kind of what this conspiracy is. You want to watch it. Right. So yeah, all these things in the show are a figment of her imagination. So yeah, Chucky died in 1986. Um, Tommy was born in 1988 because in the show he's even younger than Chucky too. He has like way less hair and shit. Um, born in 1988, but he was actually a stillborn, meaning he passed away during birth. And that's why his dad, Stu, is always in the basement making toys. He's making toys for the son that he lost. Oh my God. Because he's down there a lot, like dedicated to the craft in the show. Yeah, I'm sorry. This gets really fucking (laughs) dark. Um, Dill, Dill Pickle, was actually the only real character um per this conspiracy he he was a real character but in angelica's eyes he was the only one that wouldn't go away when she wanted to turn off imagining these kids so she'd get really frustrated frustrated with him and like hit him and like beat him and stuff. And I say this because the conspiracy continues to say that, um, he suffered from a brain hemorrhage and in all grown up. So we'll go back to that spinoff when he's like nine years old, his character is very shamed for being weird out of the box, like just super weird. And people say like, Oh my God. It's because he was like hit when he was a kid oh and my it, like God. he's underdeveloped and like all these things. It's fucking dark. I'm so sorry. No, stop apologizing. It's, crazy. <laughs> it's fucking dark. It's our Halloween episode. Right. <laughs> On November 1st. Um, we should have dressed as turkeys. <laughs> so the rest of the conspiracy goes the Devils. So those twins, Phil and Lil, um, the parents actually had an abortion in 1990 
and Angelica and her imagination could never figure out if it was a boy or a girl, obviously, if she was a child. So she kind of imagined them as both and imagined them as these identical twins in the show. And they're they're hip and hip the whole show. They're very much almost one character, if you yeah. watch it back. Um, yeah. Angelica's mom, the one who's always on the phone with Jonathan in the show, very kind of not present. She, in reality, she died in 1982 of a heroin overdose. And that's why Angelica is so obsessed with her dingy, dirty doll, Cynthia. It reminds her of her mom. And that's why she just like looks so, looks up to this doll, almost a dog, this doll and leans on it so much. Um, so back to the spinoff in all grown up, Angelica has become addicted to various narcotics, which have aggravated her schizophrenia so bad that the kids are now back and they're her age. So she's living with the, amongst these kids, imagining them to be her age. And, um, she get, she goes so crazy that she just keeps taking acid and realizes, oh, if I just go crazy enough I never have to live without my friends um then this is where the conspiracy turns into like how the show was written so Susie remember Angelica's friend Susie is very sweet uh Susie is real Susie has always been Angelica's friend and has kind of entertained the thoughts of these creations that Angelica has come up with just to make her happy and later in life Susie becomes a psychologist and Angelica overdoses. And to remember Angelica, Susie goes to Nickelodeon <gasps> and says, hey, I have this crazy story about like my friend growing up. Um, like, can we write it? I think it'd be a really cool kid show. Kid show. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of it for the conspiracy. This is I think. I'm pretty sure this has been debunked and everything. It's just kind of one of those weird. I don't weird know. It's like you could, like, I bet if we went home and, like, watched episodes, we could definitely be like, oh, 100%. Sure. And, you know, I even read some opinions on the conspiracy before bringing it to this episode. And some people were like, this is crazy. Like, no way. You can probably talk to the writers and they're obviously going to tell you this isn't real. Um, but it's just kind of one of those fun things that like a, a show cult comes up with. I, yeah. There's also conspiracies around SpongeBob where like the Krabby Patty formula is crab. And that's why Mr. Krabs is the only crab in the ocean. Cause he's like, and he has all this money. Cause he like wiped out his fucking yeah. uh, species. species. Like it, it's just one of those fun things. So I hope this conspiracy didn't piss off anybody, but it, I thought it was a fun one. It's creepy. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. And in a way, I hope it's real because I would love some like creepy twist on something so dear to my childhood because why not add another creepy twist to my childhood to the list? This has the, (laughs) this has like the same energy as like I said earlier, like all the Disney shit, but like the Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. Have you seen, heard those? Like we, we really like don't know the intention behind a lot of the entertainment that we watch. Right. And it could very well be true. Yep. And even if it's this exact story isn't true, like you can argue every show is a figment of someone's imagination. Yep. So like it's, it's not that true. crazy. Shit. Yeah. Um, that's my conspiracy. Okay. Well, now let's get into the big mama. I warmed up the crowd. <laughs> I warmed up the crowd with a fucking animation and now you're about to get into one of 
one of our favorite conspiracies, yeah. you and I. Um, it's, the mic is yours. It goes, cra- it goes crazy. It goes crazy. It goes deep. Okay. I'm going to be talking about the Bohemian Club and the Bohemian Grove. So, yes, we got we got a big fan from Chris over there. In the crowd. In There's the crowd. One person in this room right now. It's a good one. Um, okay. I okay, maybe I should start by saying I specific, we specifically like this one because it's close to home. It's literally like what, 25, 30 miles away away from where we grew up. Yeah. And um we have kind of like a personal touch that I'll get to in a minute. Um so the Bohemian Grove is home to the Bohemian Club, which is a secret gentleman's fraternity. It's a secret club of all males. Um, It started back in the late 1800s. Bohemianism, uh, which is the practice of an unconventional lifestyle. They're vagabonds who take pleasure in things like art, music, um, mostly anti-establishment worldview. Um, So like things against the grain. Um, in 1872, a small group of Bohemians started like throwing ragers in San Francisco, um, like just big parties, a whole bunch of artists, journalists, people who just like wanted to sit around and talk about art. Um, but then a lot of like really wealthy bar goers started to join the group and like started to go. And it's funny because like all the artists we're like, okay, yeah, you can come because you have a lot of money. Like, we can start. They started to realize that, like, our we parties can, can be this. very lavish. Yeah. Um, but it was always, like, we have the talent and you have the money. So it was mm. kind of always, like, separated like that. Okay. Um, around 1887, the fees to join the club were $100, which is almost $3,000 today. Oh, wow. So it was really fucking expensive back there. Back there. Back, back then. Um. By 1893, that's when they started moving their parties to the Sonoma Redwoods, which is north of San Francisco. Um, like I said, it's about 30 miles away from where me and Kristen broke, broke up, broke grew up. up. <laughs> um, today, the initiation fee is over $25,000 um, because that was recorded, I think, in 2017. It was recorded that it was $25,000 and that there's annual dues every year. Yo. Um it's super hard to get into the club. For it's sure. extremely elite. You have to be recommended by like people who are already in the club. It's and like Soho House. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't think it goes this deep. <laughs> like, this is like our Patreon. <laughs> the wait list is 15 years long. Just like our Patreon. <laughs> Just kidding. Not at all. Please imagine? join our Patreon. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the, if you aren't accepted right away, then you're you're like thrown to the wait list, and that's Dude. said to, it's rumored to be like about fifteen years long to get in. Let's do it. I, I like I not not down. <laughs> uh, but they they don't um, allow women. I'll get into Great. it. Great, sick. Okay, so there's currently twenty five hundred members members, including billionaires, politicians, and Hollywood elites. Um, some notable names, just to like help you understand the weight of this club it started with um like one of the first notable names that it started with back in the early 1900s i believe is when he joined was mark twain oh my god um people like george bush colbert caldwell of like the caldwell bank Mm 
um, Joseph Coors of our good friends at Coors Lat, yep. um, Herbert Hoover, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, Theodore Roosevelt, and that's just to name a few. Just, just a few key names. Um, so let me talk about the Grove, which is the grounds in Sonoma County that they all party at now. By the way, this is still going on. How often is it? Annual? It's Yeah, it's annual. But if you're a club member, you can go whenever. Oh, sick. Yeah. Um, so it's in Monterio, California. There's 2,700 acres in the Redwood Forest, and that's about four square miles. And on the grounds, um, it's obviously gated and surveillanced at all times. Um, on the grounds, there's over like 100 different campsites, um, and there's like different quarters. Okay. There's a man-made lake. There's a 2,000-seat amphitheater, um, a campfire with a, like a circle of benches that are carved by the Redwoods, um, a clubhouse for danning, dining and entertainment, and then the epicenter of the Grove is a 30-foot stone owl shrine okay. that's like up a set of stairs of like made of stone. It's no, it's the thought of it is do we, actually terrifying. Do we know what the owl means? Yeah, I'll get to it. Um, kind of. There's speculation. Okay. Either That's, way, owls are fucking creepy. Like, yes. it's already scary. Well, yes. they're they're symbols of the night. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll get me to right it. now. Literally. Right. Um. So the the owl faces the lake, and surrounding it is um. Oh, a fire pit that like it, it like looks down upon from the trees okay just remember the fire pit okay okay <laughs> okay so um starting in the early 1900s it started to gain interest from powerful political figures and as interest grew the privacy measures increased so um there was a, a media blackout by the 1930s guests were sworn to secrecy no cameras no phones like no recording of anything while you're there. What do you think their penalty was if they did break that? Off with thy head. Off with the heads. We run at dawn. But like damn near probably. Probably. I don't but the thing is is blackmail probably too, like what they're doing there. Blackmail and I really think that how elite these names are and what they're doing there, no one like they're not gonna wanna know like tell what's going on right you know yes so it's like that's the secrecy all, right there. The, the secrecy is in the trust of who's there yes it's fucking crazy um okay but the only thing that is public is because they're um so they're registered as a 501c7 um social organization so they're exempt from all taxes they're just like a right um all their financials have to be public though oh but what sketch is um, for the past decade, all of their financials and like what they've reported to the IRS has been consistent. There's like no ebb and flow. It's not no, like, like big profit year. Like it's just right. It's just mm. like, it's all, they report the same thing yeah. every year. Yeah. Um, and you know how I said $25,000 to join and then there's annual fees. Well, in starting in 2011, I believe, um, they reported almost $10 million in revenue. And they also reported $10 million in revenue in 2017. Hmm. Um, I didn't find anything after that. Um, but their assets are, are worth more than $20 million. So, like, what do they have there? Yeah. What's there that's worth $20 million? Okay. A lot of documents, probably, yeah. I'm assuming. Um, shit that, like, isn't worth, like, shit that you can't sell. 
Okay. You know, it's yeah. just like worth money because it's information. Yes. Um, that's what I assume. Yeah. Um, okay. So you had asked if they go once a year. Um, they do. It's they. It's like a big camping trip of all the members. Fun. It's two weeks. They go oh two so weeks long. in July. Um, sorry. Okay. Um, two weeks in July they go, and it's the start of the summer. Um, because of the media blackout, what actually goes on there is mostly speculation. But there's been people who've tried to break into the grounds, and I'll get into that in a minute. Um, and a select few of the campsite staff have bro- have spoken out. So a little about a little bit about the campsite staff. Um, a lot of it is locals who live around there, and uh, up to a certain point, they only hired men, and they actually got involved in a lawsuit, and they were sued. Um, for discrimination for not hiring women and they lost that Um, so they started hiring women but they said uh, we'll keep them where they're supposed to be and they only hired women kitchen staff keep them where they're supposed (laughs) to be literally no way yes so they kept them in the kitchen and the dining quarters that's all women are good for (laughs) laundry and cooking amen Um, and they also had to, like all the employees were on their own portion of the grounds and it was all hidden Uh from all the festivities that would happen during those two weeks. You just go work, clock out, go back. Probably, it's probably like acres away too. Yep. Yeah. Um, so these are some people who've tried to infiltrate, uh, the most notable one, I think personally, her name's Mary Moore. She was a local in the early eighties. And she started to see that, like, obviously these people were coming around, um, big bonfires and shit. Like, people were just, they were getting drunk. There was drugs. Loud, probably, too, if you're, like, anywhere near. Right. And she was like, "Um, this is fucking sus. What's going on? So she, obviously, she's a local. And it's a small town, like, the surrounding areas. So she started to convince other locals to steal anything they can get their hands on and bring it back to her. Mm. So they started stealing programs from like the, like what they were going to be doing that day. Right. Um, And there's a lot of information on there that I'll get to in a minute. Oh my God. Um, But since then, so they were stealing these programs, but since then they stopped printing programs. So we haven't seen anything from them in probably decades. Yeah, they, that, that's a paper trail right there. Right. Everything's I'm probably I'm surprised they did that emailed. in the first place. Yeah. Um, another one, too. They uh, There's since been, like, hackers who've gotten into emails of members <sighs> and, like, gotten information. Um, so she viewed the club as a um, an assault to democracy. She figured that, like, these are such elite people. Whatever they're going and doing and talking about, it has to... Um, affect the public in some way yes these are people who pen the laws these are people who um, literally like support or um, supreme justice Mm -hmm. like head of these huge companies politicians they've got to be doing something in there that like is affecting the public so she started the bohemian grove action network And that's where she started gathering all of these programs and membership lists. Um, You had asked me earlier how I gathered like the list of some names. Yes. A lot of this is from her. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
And um, she started organizing protests, which brought ended up bringing a lot of attention to the clubs. And um, since she did that, a lot of people tried to sneak in and like gather more information. Um, one guy, his name is Dirk Matheson. He's from People Magazine. And in 1991, he snuck into the Grove and was set to release a story, um, I think, in August of the year that he went in. But it was cut. And I was going to say, did he like mysteriously die or something no but the executive of time warner who owns people magazine he's a member of the club (laughs) so we all know what what happened there um alex right no it's crazy um alex jones in july of 2000 he had he was a talk show radio host who managed to sneak in with like he was the only person who ever snuck in with the camera he's insane yeah if you guys don't know who that is alex jones is fucking insane oh i don't know who that is oh my god no i look him up this guy's crazy um he's a nutcase is he yes so he has he was he got footage of what they call um the cremation of care it's one of their biggest rituals and i'll get into them in a minute but um right uh they said or he had said that he was able to sneak in he like had the camera on his shoulder and it was like poking through his shirt and he was like honestly one of the big reasons why i was able to sneak in and kind of blend in was because a everyone was drunk and like hammered and on drugs but also i'm just like a tall white man yep like and 2500 members like not everyone knows everyone sure you're probably like that's why you go you're meeting people you're networking right and he was like i just i blended in and like i have this camera and i was able to get this footage did you watch it no i don't think i could oh i'm watching it (laughs) i don't I didn't look for it, to be honest. I didn't want, like... I have to find it, and I must watch it. Okay, so here is the um, the cremation, cremation of care. Actually, first, let me talk about the owl. Okay. So, the owl that's in the middle of the grounds, um, it's known for the creature of night, and um, they say it can see in the dark. Okay. Um, it's also... They, this is, like, the biggest connection that they have based on this uh, conspiracy, um, it's the personal emblem of a man named Adam Weishaupt. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. Well, in 1776, he founded his own secret society called the Illuminati. Oh, right. I've heard of that. <laughs> I'm part of it. You're. I know. <laughs> literally the story, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, so that's the significance of the owl. So the cremation of care, this big ritual that um, Alex Jones was able to catch footage of. Um, it happens at sunset in the heart of the grove on the first night of the encampment as sort of a kickoff. Um, one man known as the high priest is in a Ugh. red cape and a silver robe. And he has like 20 men around him in all black robes. Do, we don't know who the chosen man is. No. I wonder if it's the same I think every it's year. different every year. Okay. Oh, wait. There was one point that I meant to add to this. Oh, they're and they're all holding torches, and it starts off with this like really creepy speech. I think it's a um, it's a Shakespeare quote, and it's kind of just like talking about how we leave things behind. Um, We're here to like move forward. They they say the speech is an exercising, as in like exorcist, exorcism, an exorcist of the demon to ensure the success of the ensuing two weeks. The success. So there's like a motive when they go there. Oh, 100%. Um, they celebrate Midsummer, which is um, co- most commonly, I didn't include a lot of this because 
um, there's speculation that they practice a lot of pagan rituals, Mm. but I actually had a friend in college who was pagan and she was like, everything that people think about paganism and like worshiping the devil, it's like not true. And I just don't want, I don't know enough about it and I don't want to get too touchy with the situation. I respect um, that. Right. With the speculation. So I'll leave that where it is, but they do celebrate midsummer, which is a common pagan, um, ritual, uh, celebration. Okay. Yeah. And they're, like I said before, they just get hammered and they're all twacked out on shrooms the whole time. Yeah, us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so towards the end of the ritual, they bring out a figure of a man in a coffin and they set it on fire. Um, it's a metal skeleton in the video. You can tell it's like a metal skeleton wrapped in paper. But the name of the skeleton, they call it, or they name him Care. So you're like setting Care on fire, and that's why it's called um, the cremation of Care. And like, like I said, the um, like the quote in the beginning that they all the speech. It's like you're ridding of everything that has happened in the past. Interesting. The word Care. Okay. Yeah. Like, like that doesn't sound like you'd want to get rid of that. Yeah. Maybe get rid of like. I don't know. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, care isn't what I would think to get, to let go of. Maybe worry. Yeah. But worry yeah. might sound too negative because worry is kind of a sense of caring. I know. I wonder, like, what? I would love to re- read the full Shakespeare quote that they. Right. Like, maybe maybe we should watch the video. Oh, I'm for sure watching <laughs> it. But, like, I know a lot of Shakespeare is interpreted not so literally. So you and I are sitting here like, what? Why do they use care? But care could have meant something different in Shakespearean, like, context. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um, do, do, do. Oh, and it ends with the fireworks show. <laughs> Literally Disneyland world of color. Right. As I, I was, at, what? <laughs> as I was going through this research, it like, I was reading all this like Illuminati exorcism, um, ritual shit. And then it like, it was a big reminder and like light switch in my head, big fireworks show. Like these are all just like men drinking alcohol in the woods on a camping trip. Yes. That's literally my dad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like who they are, it changes it. They have this effortless power. It's fucking crazy. Okay. So there are a few theories, which is like where we're kind of getting into the whole conspiracy side of it. Okay. um, As to what they actually do there. Okay. So um, this one is, it gets pretty dark. um, So trigger warning here. Um, It's, the theory that they practice human sacrifice. Um, They have, like I said before, they have a lot of references to paganism and often, unfortunately people um, attribute paganism to Satanism. Mm -hmm. So they are often called Satanists in the Grove. Um, You can find a lot of that. Like I said before, the, the quote, they mentioned the exorcism of the demon. Um, So it's, shown up like come up a lot in their rituals and their speeches um okay in the summer of 1984 paul bonocci he was 16 years old um he describes being driven out to the redwood forest and forced at gunpoint to engage in gruesome sexual activities with two other underage boys one of them was in a cage whoa um men in black capes watched and videotaped and then later they he stated that one of the boys was to be used in their rituals. 
Um, he didn't know at the time, but he and his lawyer later, later put together that he could possibly, he could have possibly been in Bohemian Grove. So he didn't know what it was. Oh, I get you. Um, he was just, a, a lot of his testimony was from years after the occurrence and just like, it yeah, they connected the dots based on, um, the trees and the cabins surrounding the types of men in the room, the details of the trip, like obviously where he was, um, his testimony eventually became part of an effort to take down a child prostitution ring uh, with powerful figures involved. So it was kind of used as evidence. Um, there have been key witnesses who've been able who've been able to confirm his details of the story. So like um, workers have been able to say like, oh, yeah, that's true about the grounds. But there's not one person who's been able to confirm all of it. So. Mm. Probably because they, they don't let everybody exposed to all yeah. details. So everybody has a truth. Like bits they, and pieces. They can't match up the truth. That, that, right. that makes sense. And so that's why his story, like it's kind of been chalked up to his story just doesn't add up. So like it's never been officially attributed to Bohemian Grove. Right. Okay. And here is where it gets kind of crazy with all the politics and shit that goes down there. Um, there's a theory that. The secretive elite, its initiative is of these powerful people, and their goal is to create a totalitarian regime, so a new world order. Um, I'm going to go back to Mary Moore and those programs that she was able to achieve or retrieve from Mm -hmm. um, the workers there. Um, I'm going to read off a list of some of the the speeches that would go on from the day to day, they would call them the, where is it? Um, Oh, lakeside talks, lakeside talks. So they would have a speech every day. Um, One of the speeches in 1997, just a few years before 9-11, CIA director gave a speech called rogues, terrorists, and two Weimar's redux national security in the next century. In that same year, Supreme Court Justice uh, had a speech called Church, State, and the Constitution. In 2004, there was a speech called Did Terrorists Expect the World Trade Towers to Fall? and The Coming Virtual Soldier. In 2005, there was a speech called The Case for Immigration Restriction Dark and, and, and Dark Energy in the Runaway Universe. In 2011... There was a speech called The Future of News by Fox News founder. And then little side note, um, just a few years later, that's when we got the big boom of fake news that dominated politics and kind of like the democratic process. Right. Um, Nixon has been quoted saying that his most rewarding and influential speech took place in Bohemian Grove the July before he was elected. Um, George Bush Sr. introduced his son, George H.W. Bush, to the members of the club club in 1995 and said, hey, look, my son, he'll probably be a good um, president one day. So it's like all of these men who have these connections in this club. Yeah. It's like we know who the president's going to be. Sure. Years out from now. Right. But um, every Republican president since 1932, except President Trump, has appeared at the Grove, mostly before their election. Oh, bitch. <laughs> it's literally like, hey, I'm going to do this. Like, back me up. Okay, cool. Yes. Let's so rage. they have, like, Nixon literally was quoted saying, like, my, os- my most influential speech. Like, you go to the club, you have this speech in front of all of these powerful-ass businessmen, and you tell them what you're going to do for them. 
Of course they're going to finagle you, things to vote for you. You only need them to win. Right. Oh, my God. A hundred percent. It's interesting that Trump didn't go. Right. I, don't, I, don't, I feel like maybe they didn't want him to. Uh, yeah. It's so interesting. Like, I feel like not even, like, talking on some deep political level. I just feel like he, like, he's not fun to party with. Like, I feel like right. they're just like, oh, God, no, don't bring God, Donald. This like, guy he's not fun. He gets too breath. messy. Coffee breath. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's just not fun to party with. Right. Um, okay. And then the last-ish um, conspiracy theory that I'm going to talk about, about the Grove, is the... Sorry, I'm just picturing the Grove, like... The Grove in, in L.A. In L.A. Yeah. Like, the little, no, like, North Sherman shit. <laughs> 100%. This is what we're talking about, that grove, guys. Um, members are responsible. It's said to be that members are responsible for the atomic bomb. And actually, I'm not going to say it's said to be. This is like fact that it, they're responsible for the atomic bomb. Um, and they potentially hold the keys to the destruction of the planet, which okay. goes in order of New World Order. So um, one of the guys that snuck in to the Grove, his name's Philip Wise. He's from Spy Magazine. <laughs> um, in 1989, he overheard a speech by a commander-in-chief who's in charge of two out of three of the factions of the military's strategic nuclear forces. He lobbied club members to fund an aerial bomber program, and we now know this program as dun, 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 Manhattan Project. Um, that same year, Weiss overheard um, the speech. An estimated $23 billion was spent on the program. Um, in September of 1942, a whole weekend was set aside for a series of meetings that took place at the Grove. Um, it included chemists, army officials, and oil industry tycoons. Um, they planned, that's where they actually planned the Manhattan Project yeah. itself. Um which is the initiative responsible for the creation of the first nuclear weapons. Just three years later in 1945, that's when the United States dropped the atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. This is just a place for them to go have a big meeting where you're not no entering on the street. It. You're not taking a black car there where people are going to paparazzi you on the outside. Right. It's undocumented. You can go just talk about whatever you need to talk about. It's literally just like, the ultimate safe space. It's it, the ultimate conference room. Exactly. It's in a way like kind of what I pictured Jeffrey Epstein's island yeah. to be. Obviously that was, that got documented and it's all aired out now, but, or not all aired out, but right. some of it, you know, this is like, this That's is still so fully protected. in the dark. Right. And they have like, because they're just a gentleman's club they don't have to abide by all these crazy political rules. Yep. They're just a club. Yep. You know, like they're, they can the, do whatever they want. Exactly. They're just having a group of friends with a common, it's just a community. It's, it's a book club. Like you can argue that, oh, we're just going to like vibe and like hang out. It's fucking crazy. That's actually crazy. Um, that's all I have, but it was incredible. It. Thank you. Um, the personal connection that we have to this. Yes. Uh, we had a friend, I think we've mentioned it a couple of times. We worked for a DJ company and we had a friend who actually DJed an event at Bohemian Grove. And do you remember he said, so there's posts that look like trees and they have cameras that f follow you. Yep. Um, and he accidentally left his phone in his pocket and he said, he swears to God, he like didn't 
he never took his phone out of his pocket. He forgot he left it there. Right. And someone came up to him at some point and said, Hey, you got to give me your phone. And he was like, I honestly forgot. Like, I don't know how they knew I had my phone. They like probably zoomed in, saw the shape of his pocket, like something or like fucking detectors or something that he doesn't know he walked through. He was like, I genuinely don't know how they knew I had my phone on me. They clearly have some different type of security there. It's not just like airport security. It's some deeper shit that they're going through where that we tech pro, we probably don't even know about. Exactly. They're probably picking up like his cell phone numbers, caller ID, like through like this, like, uh, what is it called? Satellite. Right. Where they can like pick up a service thing. Literally my words right now, but you get what I'm trying to say. Right. That's, there's, there's no way. Well, clearly there is that they have gotten away with this since the 1800s. It's so crazy that like, there's really not much about it. Right. Like, I mean, you fucking killed it. You have three pages of stuff, but I know we're just scratching the surface. Oh yeah. There's gotta be so, I mean, and like I said, the pro, these were just, I mean, I read off like five titles of these lakeside talks that clearly, I mean, the future of news, uh, church, state, and the constitution. Oh, I meant to say the case for immigration restriction in 2005. Yep. I mean, just a few years after that is when we really cracked down on our borders. Exactly. The one that like struck me, the coming virtual soldier. So, um, after that that was, um, kind of the tech, the person who talked in that speech, that was kind of the, um, he talked about the tech industry within the military and that ended up being like a $250 billion funded, um, sector of our military. Of course. Gosh, this is insane. You absolutely killed it. I wonder if we'll ever, get to the obviously not the bottom but like just get into it the same way we were able to kind of see the reality behind Jeffrey Epstein um I know this is very different but something about it kind of reminds me of this just it's a secret high society like shit like shit I bet you someone's gonna end up dropping like way more shit than I mean all we have is what thankfully Mary Moore has given us Mm -hmm. is she still Um, alive I believe so okay word uh oh I also meant to note um my ex-boyfriend we went to russian river which is right around this area for one of his birthdays and i was telling him about this and he was like what no way and we drove around like a part of the perimeter mm-hmm. of the grove and we were like just like Ooh. it's so eerie yeah it's, you it could sends feel shivers it. down your spine Ugh. you could you feel yeah you feel it you for know sure. what goes on there yeah it just feels cold even just talking about it feels cold and the fact that i'm wearing double horns just everything right. feels really cold right now yeah um yeah and that's the bohemian grove please oh okay i got a lot of my i got most of my research from Parcast network um they have a conspiracy podcast um and they did two episodes on the bohemian grove so go check that out um i got almost all of my information from there and also our good friends at wikipedia yes um we will definitely be doing a follow-up episode we do a follow-up episode every week i act like that was different um on our patreon if we haven't told you guys that before if you don't know we do a follow-up episode every week every friday after our monday episodes on patreon and for the patrons listening um Tell us any, if you have any other opinions or thoughts on either the conspiracies we read, or if you have any conspiracies you want to tell us that we can read and share with other patrons, let's have more conspiracy. I mean, I know this is something we could talk about forever, Forever. but 
There were so many more I wanted to do. Honestly, this week for both of us has been really fucking busy. So I do apologize that I didn't go as in, but we'll do this again. Like, I feel like we could definitely do another conspiracy episode. There's so many I wanted to get into the, the glitter conspiracy. It's like, never heard of it. It's like the mystery behind the, um, biggest glitter, um, buyer in the world. And it's said to be like, like, People are like, oh, like, we can't tell you who it is. Like, you don't want to know who it is type shit. Um, That one was really weird. There's the conspiracy. I saw that glitter Paris Hilton for sure. Right. Oh, my God. But um, (laughs) there was one about how, like, trees went extinct years ago. Oh, Actually, just tall bushes and shit. I wanted to go into that. Trees are mountains. Right. There were so many more I wanted to dive into. So we should do do another another one. This was fun. This was so fun. Um, again, you fucking killed it, Alex. Thank you. Please send in your stuff on Patreon. Just message us on Patreon and then we'll have it for Friday's episode. But yeah, that's kind of all we have for today. Um, I know Halloween's over, but I hope you had a good Halloween weekend. We're just going into it now. So wish us luck. Um, I'm sure we'll have some updates for you on Friday's episode of how our weekend went. Cause we have four days of party four parties to go to. <sighs> so wish us luck. Uh, I hope you guys had fun. Have a good rest of your week. Happy November. Holy shit. It's already the holidays. That's disgusting. <gasps> Yay. Okay. This is Halloween. Not oh. more. This is November 1st. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening on Apple podcast, please rate us five stars. If you're watching or listening on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe and comment down below any conspiracies you have even if you're not a patron we'd love to talk to you guys in the comments it's one of our favorite things to do so thank you so much for watching thank you for your support either way and we love you and happy halloween and i love you love you okay Bye. bye